This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, hello and welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, we'll welcome John Carlson back from his holidays and get a fresh Vancouver market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We dodged another interest rate bullet this week when the Bank of Canada opted to stay put with 1.5% interest for at least another few weeks at their monthly meeting on Wednesday. The uncertain climate surrounding the trade negotiations and tit-for-tat tariffs coming from them justify the need to stand pat until there are signs of a conclusion. The other concern for our bank is the spillover effect of incomplete trade deals, the uncertainty that could easily cause our economy to pull back, especially on the business investment front. But the bank also said the Canadian economy is on solid footing, although we are feeling some headwinds from the the trade environment. So no move this week on interest rates, but many experts are predicting the Bank of Canada will act and raise rates at its next meeting, October 24th. British Airways is investigating after customer information was stolen from its website and app. The airline told customers Thursday that their data, including credit card and other personal information, may have been accessed. Other information, such as travel or passport details, was not stolen in the hack. The airline said the compromise in security occurred for bookings made between August 21st and September 5th. The breach has been resolved. The website is working normally now, British Airways explained. It added their customers who were affected have already been directly contacted. All concerned customers should contact their credit card providers for additional help. No word from police on by whom or why the hack occurred. Just a week after Air Canada issued a similar warning to 20,000 customers using its mobile app. New research in the States suggests social isolation and loneliness may rival obesity as a threat to people's health. The AARP did its first loneliness study in 2010 and has just released an update in which they say over 42 million American adults aged 45 and older are suffering from loneliness. And here's an unexpected twist. Generation Z. Adults between 18 and 22 may be the loneliest group of all. So why is loneliness bad for your health? Researchers tell us humans are wired for connections and feelings of loneliness are signals to us to socialize. But our wiring can malfunction sometimes in our childhood and if we don't do something about that we can end up dealing with depression and other health issues. They say we need to work at being unlonely and it's worth the effort. Doing everything from phoning a friend a day or taking a class or volunteering our time can lead to very necessary socializing. Social media, on the other hand, isn't always the best route. For some, it's perfect. But for others, especially younger people, it blurs the line between appearing to be and actually being connected. Here's the bottom line. Those who are more socially connected have a 50% reduced risk of early death, and meaningful high-quality relations have the greatest protective health effects. And after avoiding the country for decades, Starbucks is finally moving into Italy. The chain opened its first European store in London 20 years ago, but has so far avoided Italy. 
until yesterday. Milan was the chosen city because it, with all its coffee bars, was the vision Starbucks founder Howard Schultz used to model his chain after. There are now 28,000 Starbucks stores on the planet, including one in Italy. So what's the word from the Italian clientele? Well, many like the location downtown in an old palace to meet friends for a pre-dinner cocktail, and that seems to be at least half the attraction as much as the coffee. For its part, Starbucks says, hey, we're not here to teach people about coffee. This is where coffee was born. We are offering a premium experience that's different to what people in Italy are used to. Maybe we can take a lesson from the Italians who enjoy their coffee and cocktails, too, and have a second look at our options. Those are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the hour. Up next, John Carlson is back after a month away, and he'll have a fresh look at Metro Vancouver real estate and tell us more of the 1% realty story. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon here on 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, and welcoming back is the theme today, or at least this hour. John Carlson is back with us from 1% Realty and from his summer holidays. Hi, John. Welcome back. Good afternoon, Sterling. Good to be back. You did a staycation. You stayed home around British Columbia and got to know your province a little better. A little better. I mean... Plans change sometimes with the air quality and fires and all that sort of thing. But yeah, I had a great getaway and my partner, David Mater, uh, did a great job looking after stuff while I was away. Excellent. Well, uh, it's busy as all get out. Uh, Now we're into the new month of September. Yes. Uh, You were away for most of August, but while you were away, a few people bought and sold properties. So tell us about what you know about August numbers and mostly, John, as we head in now into the fall season, because it's a season change we're on, on the cusp of right now. True. What to expect? Well, I mean, nobody knows entirely what to expect, but if you look at the numbers in August, they were, again, another slow month, a little bit slower than July. And I think that uh, the trend that people are hearing about in the press is that the market is slowing down and calming down pretty much in all segments now compared to the all-time highs of last year, the crazy, crazy markets. Absolutely. Still pretty balanced markets, quite frankly, but uh, we're seeing a little bit less activity. Now, I think that you know, part of a little bit of a double whammy. It was summer, of course, and so people with, without urgency are probably going to put that off until after summer. Sure. Yeah. And then other people might be questioning what the market might be doing and sitting on the sidelines waiting to see a bit. So I think those are two reasons that we had uh, uh, fewer sales in July and August uh, this year, a noticeable amount of fewer sales compared to last year. So those people sitting on the sidelines might then, John, have been hoping that this dip that you referred to uh, is temporary and that there's it's, it's, it's ups and downs, the real estate business is always never static. It's never the same. There are hills and valleys. So if we're in a valley right now, we could be in a hill in another month. So our people on the sidelines, perhaps, John, sitting there waiting for something that may not come around as especially as vigorously this time. Well, yeah, it's hard to tell what's in the minds of potential buyers. But I think that one theme that seems common is that we had a, a heck of a run. And, you know, the market, you're, you, like you mentioned, the market is, is shaped by forces. It's not static. It is a changing, almost like a living organism. Sure, and when, sure. when interest rates change, uh, that affects the real estate market or confidence levels change or all these different things or can, can affect Or government regulations it. change. All That's that also affected it, hasn't it? That's right. And so I think a common theme for, for people who are thinking about the market is, you know, there have been some changes introduced to this market and we are seeing prices come under control and dropping in some segments. And I wonder how that's going to play out. Is it good for me to buy today or should I wait? So these are questions that I hear all the time. Sure. 
I don't have a crystal ball, but I do tell people this. There's two sides to this coin. On the one hand, yes, you want to be careful uh, when you're selling your home. You want to make sure you're priced appropriately because there's more competition out there now. Yes. And you want to look at really recent information and uh, you know have a good agent who knows the market well give you some advice on pricing and strategy on the market. Now more than ever because there's more comp- competition. But on the other hand, I don't see this market driving off a cliff. There is a lot of, uh, you know, uh, influx of immigrants, new people to this area. There's a lot of demand. Interest rates are still low. And what I think we might find uh, going on here is just an adjustment period where, again, the all-time crazy highs. And it's, mm. I think it's human nature, Sterling, to remember when your neighbor's house went for oh, X exactly. dollars in the peak. That's right. Well, I don't think the market's tuned to deliver those kind of results in most segments anymore. So you have to kind of look at the market you're working in and say, hey, what is a good, likely strong result in this market? Because, you know, the sky's not falling, but there has been an adjustment. No question about it. And there's been, as you pointed out, John, that some of the uh, reporting on all of this has taken a rather negative tone. And we need to remind ourselves, and, and you've done a fine job of reminding us, A, about those peak moments that we experienced within the last couple of years when houses were just right through the stratosphere. So we may not ever return to those numbers, but we're still, compared to where we were just even a few short years ago, we're still way, way ahead. So the other thing to remember is that 30,000 people move to Metro Vancouver every year. So there's never a shortage of demand. Sure. We've got great fundamentals here. Uh, But if we look back, we might, you know, some of us might agree that the market got a little overheated and a little bit crazy. And so to see that come down, you know, to see that change a bit, I think is welcome news to a lot of people. Uh, Having said that, affordability hasn't really kicked in in a lot of segments. I mean, a young buyer is not going to be buying in Carisdale, for instance, anytime soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that Carisdale listing you've got a little later on. But I I want to just basic, just following along your theme of the changing marketplace, it's, it's even more critical, I would think, these days, John, to have a very firm sense of where you are in the marketplace. And I'm, I'm looking at johnny1percent.com, your website. And right there at the top of the website, the first green button that the, uh, the, the, the visitor can click on is request free market evaluation. And so if you haven't had uh, a market evaluation, if you haven't had your home appraised by a professional like you in some time, Perhaps it's that that would be, I think, a first enormous step into being in the game actively, knowing where you stand. Yes. Uh, if you're thinking of selling, of course, yeah. then these are the kind of people I talk to on a regular basis who say, hey, you know, John, I, I want to sell. I want to maximize. These are my plans. How should I go about it to achieve the results I want? And a big part of that, of course, is understanding the environment you're operating in and maybe, you know, what your options are in terms of pricing and strategy. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. If people want to go to my website, Johnny 1%, there's all kinds of information there and they can contact me and, uh, and make an appointment to meet me. And I'd be happy to do an evaluation for them. But but to answer your question again, yes, uh, if it's another agent, get a good agent who knows the market, who's doing a lot of business today and yesterday and recently, because those are the agents, I think, who probably have the best feel uh, for what's really going on and the best strategies to employ. How frequently should one have one's home uh, evaluated, John? Because you, know, you talked about some people taking the summer off. Hey, too many buyers on holidays. Right. I want to wait till the fall when everybody's back in the saddle and there are more people available to come and take a look at my house. That's a reasonable strategy.
strategy. A lot sure. of people do that. Absolutely. So uh, if I had, for example, an appraisal, an evaluation of the house at the beginning of the summer and say May or June, am I good with that number in September or should I get an update? Oh, I would definitely get an update. I've, I've had clients many times in the past where we meet, you know, one month, let's say uh, March, and then they don't list until June and I do an updated evaluation for them every time they call me once a month. Right. So that can happen too. But um, I definitely get some updated information and, you know, the more prepared you are and the more confident you are in your position as a seller, and part of that goes to how much you know and about price, the better off you are, really, when it comes time to negotiating when offers come in. Okay, so again, johnny1percent.com is the website, friends, and if you're in a position where this is something, perhaps in your personal strategy, you've taken the summer off, you've just decided that, nope, it's not a good time to sell. John has told us many, many times on this program that spring is typically the busiest season of the year in terms of real estate activity. What's number two? Is it the fall then, John? Statistically, yeah, the fall, definitely. So September, October, November are traditionally uh, traditionally good months for real estate. And uh, I'm finding listings are hitting. I think the the uh, potential sellers agree because we're seeing a lot of new listings starting to hit. So that's a good thing from the point of view of buyers. There are more choices available. What does a, 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 a an increased number of new listings mean for sellers? Well, the more competition you have, I guess, you know, the sharper you need to be. If I'm going to a dance and there's only a couple other guys there, maybe I don't wear my best shirt. But, uh, uh, you know, if there's a hundred other guys there and I'm a single guy looking for a dance, I'll probably comb my hair as good as I can and get myself looking as, as good as I can. So, you know, you want to be picked. You want to be noticed. And part of that's pricing, part right. of it's preparation, and part of it is is promoting your property for all the strengths that it has and appealing to the buyer that appreciates those kind of things. So. Well, yeah, uh, uh, more competition is better for buyers, and it makes it a little tougher for sellers. Well, and let's talk about that. If that is the case, if there's more competition for sellers, uh, then all the more reason to make sure that your strategy, the way you intend to try and, and address the marketplace with your property from the first moment of listing right through to the final moment of purchase, there has to be a strategy at play. It's not just enough to bang a for sale sign into the front lawn and hope, is it? No, uh, you definitely want to hit the market with a good strategy and be positioned properly. And that's, again, where a good agent comes in. One thing we haven't talked about uh, yet is, you know, when you deal with me at 1% Realty, you get a top selling agent, but also you're going to save a lot of commission. So what I try to do, what I've tried to do in, what was it, eight years ago when I left one of the big companies I was working in, I've been doing real estate, what, 22 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I made a plan. My plan of attack was I was going to provide the best service I could to people at a reduced commission rate compared to what they've been used to paying at previous companies. So um, my philosophy is this. Yes, a good agent can add an awful lot of value to you as a a home seller or a home buyer, uh, the experience, the knowledge and all that sort of thing. Uh, But what I also offer is I provide all that for much less cost than the majority of my competition. So yeah, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. You need a good agent. I think if you want to maximize your experience on the market and get the best results possible, but what I offer people is, hey, do you really have to pay a commission of 7% on the first 100000 2.5% on the balance? No, you don't. Let me quote from the website, johnny1percent.com. The primary reason typical commission rates have remained the same is that so many sellers have agreed to pay those rates. You may have paid, might have paid those rates as well. But... 
Why pay more than you have to? It's a perfectly reasonable question. But when you ask that question of people from the 1% perspective, John, a lot of people go, okay, if I'm going to pay less commission, clearly that means I'm not going to be getting the same level of activity and service that I would get from those more expensive guys. You get what you pay for. That's a fairly standard uh, argument that you hear an awful lot when you sit down with people, especially for the first time. That's correct. Uh, people want to get good value, no doubt about it, in any in any situation, in any industry, and real estate's no different. Uh, but sometimes people may have heard that 1% realty agents uh, are not good agents, and that's why they work for less money, or uh, or that other agents might not support a lower commission structure in terms of showing the property, right, yeah. or that uh, you know, kind of, you get what you pay for. You got to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've even heard one person on this show mention that uh, all 1% realty agents do is sit back and wait for their their small commissions or something like that. Um, so yeah, I hear these things, and people want good value, but they want good service. They want to work with an agent who knows what they're doing, and that's what I offer. I'm one of the top selling agents at 1% Realty across Canada, one of the top sellers in all of Greater Vancouver. And I made a business decision to give my sellers the best possible commission rates and the best possible arrangement. And that's why I'm successful. And I think that's why, uh, you know, I get a lot of good testimonials from my past clients. Well, and, and your peers also have provided a few testimonials, Mr. Carlson, because you are indeed a member of the President's Club for a Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. And that is the top 1%. Interesting. It's the, it's the 1% thing again. Johnny 1%. This time around, it's the top 1% of all realtors in the business in this area of British Columbia. And it's not the, that was for last year, 2017. And that was not your first appearance as a member of the President's Club no. either. So again, years of experience. And, and I think the other part that plays well in these competitive times is, is the experience plus the activity. You're an active guy. You're uh, out on the streets every day. You're, uh, you, you're selling homes every week, literally. And uh, that sort of activity keeps you hyper-connected to what's going on, literally, on a daily basis. Well, it, it does help to be, to be busy and active. In fact, when I came back from my holidays after being off a little bit, it felt like I'd never sold a house in my life, you <laughs> right, know, for right. that first couple hours. But uh, it, it's come back. 50,000 emails <laughs> and all the rest of it, huh? Yeah, that's right. So yep. let's talk a little bit about 1% and the business model and, and the fact that uh, I think you raised a point, John, that I, I need to come back to. Uh, that's because uh, this matter of your property, if I list my property with 1%, those other realtors from other companies who charge more may not want to show this property because they're not going to make as much if indeed it gets sold and they're part of the action. Right. So they're going to be reluctant because they're not going to be able to put as much loot in their pockets. How true is that? Well, I don't think that's true at all. And I don't think my listings would sell if, if that were true. I'm, I'm really happy to say, again, this is my 20 second year in the business, I've met and worked with a lot of other agents. And real estate agents are, are pretty ethical people. They understand that if they have an agency relationship with a client, that they owe that client a duty to show them available homes and to represent their interests, regardless of commission. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear someone say that, oh, maybe I heard somewhere that realtors won't you know, show a listing if the commission's less than the one down the street, I think to myself, or I'll often say to people, you know what, that would mean that the agent's number one concern is the commission and not the client. Would mm-hmm. you want to work with somebody? Would you go to a dentist who wanted to sell you a root canal when all you needed was a filling because he was going to make more money? Yeah. I don't think anybody would want to work with somebody like that. I'm happy to say that agents recognize and understand the agency relationship and they want to do a great job for their clients when they're buying a home. So agents show my listings. 
you know, they sell my listings. Uh, but I do tell every, every person I sit down with to take a listing agreement, I prepare them for this. When I get an offer sometimes from another company, sometimes, it's maybe about 50% of the time, the offer may contain a request for the commission to be modified. So you might get an offer and here's a price and subject to inspection and financing and you know, here's the day we want to move in. Then it might ask that the seller modifies the commission. And I think kind of here's how it works. When I was at other companies, I did not do this, but I know that this can be common when you have a good relationship with your buyer and you say, hey, the commission's a little less on this property. Would you let me negotiate what I think is a fair commission for myself? So this does happen. But the good news is you as a seller... You're in control of the process. The buyer wants to buy the home. And if you choose not to modify the commission, the deal uh, will in all likelihood go ahead anyway. He's back. John Carlson from 1% Realty with lots more coming up on Vancouver Consumer after the news. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer here on 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox. Across the desk from me in studio today is John Carlson, back from summer vacation and here with more on the 1% Realty Story. And John, just before the news break, we were talking about the myth, because it's one of many myths surrounding 1% Realty's business model. The myth that, well, you know, because you're dealing with a lower commission rate, other realtors might not be too anxious to show your properties. You know, right. and I'm thinking today's consumer and you've said this on this program umpteen times, today's consumer is a really well-informed individual. And so if you're out there playing the real estate game and you're looking around on your own in addition to what your realtor is doing for you and you see properties online that you're not being shown because maybe they're listed at 1% and the realtor is not going to make a same commission, you, the consumer, are going, hey, Buster, why aren't you showing me these properties? You're going to drive the realtor to it if if that needs to be the case. I, I wonder, I guess that could be, and I don't know about other agents and their relationships with their clients, sure. but I do know that you know, I take a lot of listings and sell a lot of listings and my clients are happy and save money. Um, and that's really the whole point. So I'd just suggest to people who uh, you know, are thinking about this topic that um, real estate is not driven by commissions. Uh, buyers, as you say, are quite well informed and the uh, agents are good at representing the interests of their clients. And the commission is not the primary factor, right. uh, you know, going into a, a sale. And that's why 1% Realty works. And that's why we offer uh, what we offer. And, uh, uh, you know, I make no apologies for it. And I'm quite frankly pleased because I have lots and lots of past clients who save thousands and thousands of dollars and they refer me uh, business uh, continuously. Well, I'm looking again at the at the fine print on, on the uh, johnny1percent.ca website. Uh, website and it says right here uh, we are still full service agents no fine print no catch and that's the deal when people hear about an opportunity to save and someone we're talking million dollar plus properties around metro vancouver is being pretty typical john yes and if you can save fifteen twenty thousand dollars on the sale of a property why on earth wouldn't you but the tendency the reaction in many cases is well you know if i'm if i'm going to save that substantial amount of money Clearly, somebody's taking a pass on doing a substantial amount of work, which is why on Johnny1percent.com you insist we are still full-service agents. So talk about the full-service package, please. Well, the first full-service package, I guess, for me is uh, being available to my clients, you know, uh, meeting their schedules when they're available, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I do open houses, uh, feature sheets, photos, virtual tours, all the stuff that you usually associate with, with the real estate agent. Right. And you just have to be available, and then, of course... It's more than being available. When offers come in and there's some negotiating to be done, then really you put your expertise to work and you get behind your client and you, and you work it. So a good agent can definitely um, 
uh, I think, get you a much better result than, uh, than a lesser agent when it comes to the negotiating process. So uh, from, from beginning to end, in fact, after uh, the show, I'm going to meet a client. We just had completion yesterday, possessions today on a house in Burnaby. Uh, you know, this was, I think, 1.7, and they must have saved forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on commission. So I know they're happy to see me when I go there today to pick up the keys to get I'll to the new people. Bet. So right from the beginning, and maybe one thing I'll mention, you mentioned some maybe cautiousness about 1% realty, and you're right. Sometimes people say, how does this work? How can you do a good job and save me this kind of money? Exactly. Well, I want the listeners to know that when I meet with you or I meet with people and you have these questions and concerns, I have no interest in trying to twist your arm or... I just tell the truth as I understand it. I lay all the cards on the table and I show people really how this industry works and how I work within this industry and how I can work for them. So if you want to call me, don't worry about um, you know getting the high-pressure sales tactic. I'll give you all the information and let you decide. The number, by the way, is 604-612-0080. That's 604-612-0080. That's John Carlson's direct line. Let's uh, hear from Ben's uh, at the board there. Ben, uh, let's see. I know you talked to Alex just a few minutes ago. Alex is, is a client of John's that uh, uh, did some recent business and uh, has some few thoughts on working with Mr. Carlson. Here's Alex. I really liked that uh, John could come early morning at 7 a.m. <laughs> before I, my work started. And I really, I really like that, that John could, could be so flexible to come and uh, do things. That's, uh, so the, you, you got up early. I did on this occasion. Alex, obviously a working guy <laughs> with a very strict schedule. So if you're going to do business with him, you got to accommodate that and no problem. Well, we had an early meeting. It was wonderful. And, you know, the nice thing about this is uh, uh, I met with, uh, with him and his wife and they, you know, told me their situation in their home and we got it sold. They saved a ton of money, but mm-hmm. they were a little bit skeptical at the beginning as well and had a lot of questions about 1% realty. Right. And I think they should have those kind of questions. So we went over all these sorts of things and uh, I gave them the opportunity and I said, I'd love to work for them in the end. I did, and we just removed conditions on their house. Uh, this is in the $800,000 range, so the savings was significant, and I think that uh, they're happy. And what part of the Lower Mainland do they live in? Oh, yeah, this is a house in uh, Langley. Okay, yeah. all right. So, single-family detached? Single-family detached house, yes. Excellent. Okay, now Alex has a few more thoughts, and I think, Ben, this uh, particular clip uh, deals with a, a, a significant savings. So let's hear from Alex one more time. But I think it is fifteen to twenty thousand. We said. So yes, I would give advice to my friend, friends uh, to choose one uh, percent reality, like like John John John's company, because it's uh, like almost three times cheaper than a standard realtor charge charge, and uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it is the same service because I tried both. I. Six years ago, I sold my first house uh, using just standard standard realtors, and uh, I, now I can compare that the service is the same. <laughs> so why you have to spend more? That's a very good question, Alex. Thank you very much. Uh, there you go. He's six years ago. Alex sold a house using the conventional approach on the commission schedule, and then so worked with you as you've just described quite recently. Sold another property has absolutely on a comparison, and now he's able to draw a reasonable comparison. Yes, no difference, no difference, except as he said himself, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in his pocket. I'll take that. I mean, I always try to be better than maybe other agents and make my clients even happier, of course. But um, yeah, I'm happy to hear that Alex and his wife are, are happy. It was great to work for them. And I'm available. If you have a house out in Langley, a townhouse, a condo, Maple Ridge, Pitt Meadows, Coquitlam, Tri-Cities, Burnaby, 
I'm available. I'm active. You can check me out on my website or give me a call anytime. I think it's another another important part of the 1% business model to understand is that 1% Realty is a national company. It was founded here in British Columbia by, is it Ian Bailey who founded it? Ian Bailey, yeah. Hope he's listening. And he founded it here uh, about 20 years ago or so, and it's expanded across Canada. So again, uh, and we've talked about this on the past, you've had people, for example, selling properties here in the Metro Vancouver area and buying on Vancouver Island or up in the Caribou or out in the Fraser Valley. Yes. Uh, and you just connect them to 1% agents, colleagues of yours, in other parts of, of British Columbia, so they're able to maintain the same commission schedule and business model all the way through the transaction. Absolutely. Yeah, that's part of being in real estate is your connections and using them to help your client make a move if it's across the street or across the country. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the 1%, because you pointed out, and I think, as Alex probably put you through the, the, the grill, too, he, he, he sounds like the kind of guy who's not going to take any decision until he's satisfied all his questions are answered, and you said good on him. So when you sit down with someone, they give you a call to 604-612-0080, and they say, uh, Mr. Carlson, can you come out? And we, we're interested in speaking to you. And when they sit, you sit down in their home, at their kitchen table... And, and have the conversation, nine times out of ten, I'll bet you a lot of those questions that Alex had for you are on the tips of their tongues as well, and they're good, hard questions about what you're going to do for them because you take less in the process. They're the exact questions that I would be asking if I was not an insider in real estate and I was interviewing an agent from 1% Realty. You get the same questions all the time. And working with Alex and Tatiana, by the way, uh, was a pleasure. These were among the nicest people I've worked with in years. And it feels really good to, of course, uh, be successful and have them get the sale done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, they had a lot of questions just like everybody else. How can you do this for less? Uh, I heard from somebody else that maybe I wouldn't get support from other agents. I heard from somebody else that, you know, the only reason 1% Realty Realtors are at that company because they can't hack it at the other companies mm-hmm. or similar things, questions about value, value judgments. And right. I, in my opinion, my job is to help them make that decision because I know darn well, or at least this might be my pride talking, but I feel they're better off with me than someone else who might not have a level of expertise that matches mine. So not only do I provide a, a, you know, a, probably an unbeatable commission structure, at least a very, very attractive compared to a lot of my competition, Sure, but I don't cut corners. I make sure to do the full job because otherwise... It's kind of like that, you know, the joke of the, the piece of gum that has a, it tastes bad, but the flavor lasts a long time. You know, like nobody wants it. Nobody <laughs> wants a realtor that charges less, but they're a bad realtor and, you know, everything goes wrong. Well, as Alex said, you know, he sold his last home, John, six years ago, and then he just sold another one through you within the last few weeks. So we do this, this real estate stuff, we homeowners once every, say, six years. And that's that's high frequency for right. a lot of people. Some people buy two homes in their entire lifetime. You do this every day of the week. Right. So you have boots on the ground, know what's going on, know what the market conditions are, know what the tolerance levels of the market are. So instantly, an overpriced, well, we think our property's worth this, and the market's not going to tolerate that. It's, you have to tell them, look them straight in the eye and say, no, that's a little too much. You're, just, you're not in line with where you need to be to get the most for your property based on and off you go, right? And in my experience, if I am in a situation like that, I always qualify it by saying, in my opinion, because I'm only one guy and sure. I can only give one guy's opinion. Um, so, yeah, I do give advice. And a lot of times, sellers are in a position where they really need advice. There's a, a time in their life where they maybe really need to make an important decision on 
you know, selling and moving somewhere else and the money's always important. So, you know, a good agent, I think one other thing a good agent needs to always remember is not just what you know uh, and your experience level, but also on knowing and understanding that you are nothing more than an advisor and you execute the legal decisions, the legal uh, um, options of your client. Right. So I'm not a decision maker. I try to put the best advice I can in front of someone and help them make a right decision, but I never twist arms. Right, right. Well, again, similar to a lawyer. You offer the advice, the client then directs you to do whatever the client wants you to do, and you do it. So that's, uh, I but suppose. again, these changing times that you talked about right at the beginning of the program today, John, these changing times require awareness and experience because n- navigating the maze and the strategy to get things sold in negotiations. If you only do this once every six years, and that's a lot comparatively, then you may not be at the, at the top of your game when it sits down and we're talking about a lot of money every time. Yes, good representation is key, and uh, that's what that's what I try to provide. There's lots of other good agents out there as well, and I love working with them. But I'm one that has a slightly different take on, say, commission structure if you're selling. So I invite people to check that out. Go to my website or call me. Uh, I'll always give you the best advice I can. Yeah, it's johnny1percent.com, and the phone number is 604-612-0080. You talked earlier, uh, a while ago now, about... Carisdale. Ooh. Uh, and you have a, a, an open house coming up. Is that tomorrow, John? I'm doing an open house tomorrow, Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. And this is one that you, you might not want to miss if you are in this particular niche category. This is, uh, the building is the Regency. It's located at 2115 West 40th. Now, this is a building uh, for 50 and over. Okay. No children, no youngsters under 50. So okay. I'd, be, I'd be okay there, too. You and I are good there, Sterling. Oh, gee, thanks. Uh, but the interesting thing about this one is original owners from 1986 have just moved out. This is 1,355 square foot penthouse, top floor, the views to Vancouver Island and to the north, and it's half the building. The wraparound views, I, if I took a protractor, it's probably 280 degrees or something like that. You can see in every direction. A wraparound view, huh? Unbelievable view. Yeah. Now, it's clean as a whistle inside. The finishing is still more or less original. Very well kept. But this is a place where if you want to stay in Caresdale in a great location uh, and maybe kind of have a retirement place and maybe do your own renovation, uh, you could make this spectacular. It's wall-to-wall glass and it's a great building. So tomorrow, number 1301, come to the front. My phone number will be on the top. Buzz me or call me. I'll come down. I'll meet you. I'll give you a tour. Sunday, 2 to 4 at 2115 West 40th. The list price is $1,338. And uh, we're, we're looking for somebody who really appreciates what, what this one has. Okay. And uh, any other new listings that we can find maybe at uh, johnny1percent.com? Yes. In fact, I'm just about to post this one. So uh, I'll be really quick. The ink just dried on it. Brand new listing. I took it late last night. This is in New Westminster. The address is 1006 Cornwall Street, and it's unit number 102. Go to my website or go on MLS. It's going to hit today. This is three ninety nine nine. Wow! It's eight hundred and fifty square feet, two huge bedrooms, and here's the real kicker: it is a corner unit, so it's completely private, and it's got the biggest enclosed yard I've ever seen in a condominium. I did a quick measure; it's about fifteen hundred square foot yard. I kid you not. Wraps around the side. It's fully fenced. You've got two patios. Do all the gardening that you want. Complete privacy. 
Rentals are allowed. Give me a call. Go to my website. This is another hot listing that probably won't last. All right. And uh, the website, again, where all the the new listings can be found is johnny1percent.com. And you can give Mr. Carlson a call anytime now because he's done. 604-612-0080. And that, sir, is it for you and me this afternoon. Uh, time to take some phone calls, I'm sure, John. That's right. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson for another very informative visit. Fast-changing times in the real estate sector, and we're lucky to have his calm approach to getting things done. Next week, we'll talk investing, taxes, and planning with John Schelling from TLS Financial. And employment lawyer Jeff Mason will join us to talk about the gig economy. It's time now for Dooley Noted, and today our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at roadside digital billboards in Coquitlam. Thanks, Sterling. Are they distracting or helpful? The city of Coquitlam is letting residents speak when it comes to the possibility of potentially distracting advertisements posted throughout the city. Digital billboards have never been allowed under the city's signed bylaw, and they haven't been discussed before council since 2013. Now, senior planner Chris Macbeth says they're now revisiting the idea after a recent influx of requests. Our, our message back has been that they're not permitted. So we have been seeing those requests come in. and then The city is looking at the idea of static images occurring on billboards for around 10 seconds per advertisement. Macbeth adding that video or moving images could take people's eyes off the road. Distracting motorists is probably the biggest concern. He said a recent online survey has been posted by the city inviting feedback and asking how the billboards might be beneficial. Things like posting an amber alert, opportunities for local businesses to advertise. Right now, both third-party signs and billboards are currently prohibited. A discussion and review of the public's input is expected in October's council meeting. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Oh, they sure are hard to miss. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. Mercedes showed this week how it is aggressively gunning for top spot in the upscale battery cars market currently dominated by Tesla as Mercedes unveiled the EQC, its first fully electric car, at an event in Stockholm. This marks the start of the German attack against the American upstart and showcased an SUV with a 450-kilometer range they hope will find favor with luxury customers and tech-savvy millennials alike. And it aims to have up to 10 electrified car models by 2022. Mercedes hopes the EQC and its other electric cars will account for 15 to 25 percent of all its sales by 2025. Tesla has had virtually no competition up to now, which has allowed it to easily be Become the front runner and to persuade early buyers to pay a premium for an all electric car from a relative unknown with no quality track record or physical dealerships for servicing and support. But Mercedes has a century of manufacturing behind them with an existing customer base in the millions, and their new models are about to hit the market as Tesla faces questions about its ability to generate cash and manage the scaling of its production. And if you thought Ford versus GM was entertaining, this is going to be a battle. The company that advertises, we have the meat, is gone from Vancouver. 
Arby's closed its last store in our area at the Coquitlam Center food court this week, and consumers were left looking at an empty booth with a sign saying, something new and exciting is coming. Don't they always say that? No explanation from Arby's as to why they're gone from Metro Vancouver. I guess nobody wanted to call us fickle. If you absolutely have to have an Arby's fix, you'll now have to drive to either Kamloops, Kelowna, or Cranbrook. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.